Chris, what did you think of the uh, the Liverpool game this evening? Why are you asking me this? Because I'm doing a podcast for the Premier League and I want to know your opinion. I thought Liverpool were excellent. Thanks for asking. No problem, mate. Would you like to uh, you carry on with that? Uh, in what way would you like me to elaborate? Oh, well, you know, like the tactics Liverpool used, the way they put... Um, a lot of pressure on uh, West Ham's defence with a high press, um, how they kept the ball well, controlled the game. Would you like to touch on that as a Liverpool supporter? Would you say they choked the life out of West Ham? They definitely did. Now, I'm sensing a little bit of sarcasm within your voice here, um, Chris. Is there any reason for that? Well, as you know, I'm not one, not a big one for cliches, but I thought the phrase that I just used could be categorised as a footballing cliche. Spot on, mate. Loved it. Thanks for your input, really appreciate it. You're listening to Chris Harold and Alex Grant on the Shooting Stars podcast. Thank you. Holy moly. <laughs> Football at Ted Reporter. How good. Great start to the show. Couldn't have gone any better. You just filed a report for us out while you were over in Malaysia. I did. It was tough. Um, a lot of opinionated people over there um, when it comes to football. So it was um, it was hard to get an honest review of the Liverpool game but Chris gave me one he was yeah he was good he's a natural is he an avid Liverpool fan he says he is but uh, I don't know well you're not convinced well, you <laughs> I, I don't know and there's a lot of Liverpool fans isn't there in Australia I'm not no. knocking any of them but you know <laughs> <laughs> hey Bryce hey mate how are you <laughs> hey Bryce Bryce is a Liverpool fan for those <laughs> that haven't caught none yet anyway welcome my name's Stuart Marshall that was Ellie Scrat and uh, his friend Chris Harold both from Perth Glory and Bryce Conway's here this is episode two of our Premier League podcast season, um, and I guess that's the perfect place to start now that it's on front of mind for everyone, including us. Liverpool yes. have smashed it in week one of the Premier League action, and we are recording this on a Friday. Alex has been away in Malaysia, so we've had a slight delay, but we're going to brush over the last weekend's results and do a big preview of this weekend's one in this, in, in this, uh, in this episode. But Bryce, you and I watched the Liverpool-West Ham game together. Liverpool won 4-0. Yeah, um, I've never been so comfortable watching Liverpool play. Usually I'm in a solitary confinement, watch it by myself, but able to have the housemates a new round to watch it was really enjoyable. Mm. And they uh, put on an absolute clinic against quite a, I mean, a, a West Ham team that obviously hadn't played together before. Yeah, and they look tasty, Alex, don't they? I know you and Chris clearly watched it together and you thought that Liverpool... Well, Chris said, what did he say? That they strangled the life out of him. Yeah. yeah. Nice well, cliche firstly, there. thanks for the invite. I know I was in Malaysia, but it would have been nice to have been asked at least. Uh, <laughs> 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 you, just wanted, you just wanted that. Okay. All right. Apologies. Next time I'll know now. No, but they did. Um, yeah, Liverpool were, came out of the box firing, didn't they? And it was just every Liverpool fan's dream, in my opinion. Um, that's what they would have wanted to see. The players they'd signed. Um, it was nice to see them get four goals and they looked a threat from all angles. Yeah, and I just think, speaking of the new signings, I think Naby Keita straight away has just shown what he's going to bring to this team. Box to box, that Stevie G-esque energy, mm. but he can also penetrate and create that final ball. He played a pivotal role in those first two goals. Yeah. He provided the run and drive and passed out to Robertson to cross the cellar for the opening goal, which was just a peach. I just... I know it's very exciting times, and I've I just think um I mean even having Sturridge coming off the bench scores in his first touch twenty seconds yeah. on gets the studgy dance back out. It's yeah. like having a new signing again. Yeah, it's it's all very positive for Liverpool, Good and sign. yeah, Sturridge coming on and getting that goal is a slice of luck. But you know that Salah continued his form and started the season exactly how everyone wanted him to. Mane with a double, and then Mane scores the double. They just look so threatening the whole match. 
Firmino didn't get get on the scoreboard, but Sadio Mane is uh, front of mind at the moment for a lot of people. How do you rate his performance? I think he was electric, and I think there's there's that bit of a I'm sure there's a little bit of an in battle between Salah, Mane, and Firmino, and who's going to top the goal charts. But um, I mean Firmino was great in that final third as well. He may not have scored, but he got the assist for Mane's second, which was blatantly offside. Yes. Now, even as a Liverpool fan, I didn't go. Oh no, it's it's on. It was that was so offside. It was a joke. Yes. Yeah, so for those that didn't see it, um, and I guess coming out, you and I spoke about it at the time. Coming out of the World Cup, and Alex, you can weigh in on this. Coming out of the World Cup and having seen the VAR do what it did at the World Cup worked wonders. And it was yeah, it worked wonders. And we all thought it was we thought it was a success. Um, for then the Premier, it almost felt like the Premier League with that goal. This may be a big call, but it's like for the Premier League to have not instated the VAR after the World Cup when it saved so many non-goals and gave goals where they needed to be, for Sadio Mane to be offside, so far offside for that second goal, sort of felt like a regression almost. Yeah, and um, I think it's, they're lucky and um, I think everyone's thankful that it wasn't a goal that was pivotal to the outcome of the match. Yeah. I mean, it was just an, it was just another one on a, on a big bunch of four. So yeah. uh, luckily it wasn't a winner, it wasn't a pivotal moment in the game, but inevitably that's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Alex? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we touched on it in the World Cup podcast, like you said, and me and Chris were actually discussing how well the rest were doing, and it was great. Great flow to the game yeah, as well, yeah. And, and then that happened, and it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It always happens like that, doesn't it? But, yeah, like, I don't... The referees in, in the Premier League, I, I honestly believe, are the best in the world, and they rarely get it wrong. Um it was, just, it was funny. I think it was just an anomaly that it yeah. was. And it, I mean, as much as the, the scoreline was straightforward and it was a match completely dominated Liverpool, there were a few flashpoints with the obviously the offside. But then I think arguably one of my favourite moments was a bit of a hands more man football to the crutch situation on Wilshire and Noble in the same set piece. <laughs> the commentator was like, oh, Noble's down. Oh, no, it's Wilshire. And they both had copped it from two shots yeah. square in the grind. That yeah. was painfully <laughs> hilarious at the time. Yeah, no, it didn't, didn't look good. No. Uh, just touching back on Liverpool and um, how good they were. I was listening to a pod in the week um, and Nedham Anua, uh, former QPR Man City centre-half, mm-hmm. he was discussing um, the strength and depth that Liverpool have. And See that bench? That, well, that's oh the thing. And he was, talk- he was talking how frightening it is and it reminded him um, of when Chelsea won the won the league when Mourinho first moved to England, and you had the he talked specifically about Damian Duff playing on the wing, and then he said in one game when they played Chelsea, Damian Duff came off and Robin came on, Jeez. and you know what I mean when you've got Irish wizard for the Dutch when got, wizard when you got Mane coming off and you have got the likes of Shakiri coming on, Hendo as well, yeah. that's what I mean. Milner's yeah. coming off, Stodgy. Milner was fantastic, and they still had Lallana, Klein, and Fabinho. Oh wow! And that's it. And I just think Liverpool have really set themselves up well um, with the, the signings Klopp's made, and it, I think. Everyone is saying they're going to be um, the, top cha- the top challengers for for Man City because obviously they're still odds on favourite favourites to win the league. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, no, they were they were very 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 good. So um, we'll preview Liverpool's next match later in the podcast. But we'll go to the first game of the first round of the Premier League this season. Was your team Al Man U Manchester United Leicester City Manchester United prevailed two one. And the biggest talking point out of this one wasn't the result, but was the fact. Uh, that Paul Pogba uh, wore the armband. What's going on there? He obviously, Mourinho obviously thinks he's a leader who stands amongst the crowd and um, steps up when needed um, by his club and obviously can do a job in that role. And 
Look, Paul Pogba, the do- ball's in his court. He can say what he wants in the media. He can do what he wants on the pitch. He's a fantastic player. He's just come the, off the back of winning the World Cup. So for me, like I said, the ball's in his court. Mm. Mourinho is saying things as well, and it's all... I don't know. I don't know what's going on at Man United at the moment, <laughs> yeah. but well, at least they won. They did win, yeah. Yeah, and I think with, with Pogba, I mean, we saw out of the before the World Cup and before this season, I, you wouldn't have really seen Pogba as a leader. Um, but I feel the video that came out that went viral of the World Cup final pre-game speech from Pogba and kind of how players have been talking about him after the World Cup, I think he showed great leadership there, and he's obviously yeah. someone that people look up to. Even so I think this it kind of it does make sense now seeing that, but it, it took for that video to come become viral for us to kind of come to that realisation. There was also another video after they won the World Cup where he was singing... Did you see the one where he was singing N'Golo Kante's song? Man, like, who the doesn't fans? love that bloke? Yeah, yeah. Oh. But um, no, he's, but I just find it interesting. Obviously, you know, how, how did you rate United's performance? We'll quickly analyse that, Al. What, what did you think of their uh, the actual... Leicester played well, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Look, they had chances. Um, one player I touched on in the last pod, James Madison, I thought he was the bright spot for for um, yeah. Leicester, Damari Gray as well, another player who um, looked threatening at times. So yeah, Le- Leicester had some um, promising signs to show and obviously there, there's a lot of speculation as to whether their manager... Yeah, Claude Puel, yeah. Whether he'll get the sack. He's think he's, I think he's favourite um, in front of Mourinho actually to, <laughs> to be the, the first manager um, well, to be sacked. There's uh, speculation that the possible targets include Roberto Martinez, the Belgian boss, to replace him. But Puel said he can't, and I quote, I can't comment on speculation. I don't bet and I don't do the lottery. It's not my way. It's it's funny, like, a game in and it's already... Ch- apparently it's just they gave him this season. I've got his... Someone else said that he's got like three games to save his job kind of thing. My job is to build something with Leicester to continue to develop his club, to develop the players in the squad. Yeah. <laughs> Dead man walking there. Look, yeah. I th- I, to be honest, I think it's very harsh, and but that's football. Yeah. Uh, that's mo- that's the way it is in the modern game. And um, Look, the, I think Leicester, they, they'll be all right. They'll probably in another mid-table finish for them. I, I don't think they're under any threat of getting relegation. But obviously they've got owners who want to strive for another league title and want to be in and amongst the top six and be a big club. Yeah. Um, but going back to Man United, I think one thing we touched on last week was the um, the lack of depth. Well, not depth, lack of um, quality at centre half um, with the names in the squad. Yep. Um, but I thought Lindelof and and Bay did a did a re- reasonable job and were, were quite good. Um, Jones doesn't look like he's gonna. Was Jones injured at the moment? So Jones, I had him on fantasy team, and I thought he was gonna play, but he was left out. So Oof, I've had to transfer transfer him out yeah. for uh, Alexander Arnold right. this week. The but yeah, yeah. Up. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't. I, I just get the impression that Mourinho just after look watching preseason games and looking at the lineups, he's still he's still not sure what his favorite centre half partnership is, and I'll expect it to change as we keep going throughout the weeks. Yeah, and I, I will say my favourite moment from that match is seeing Luke Shaw with a smile on his face after the blatant kind of bullying that Mourinho has inflicted upon him in last season. Any other workplace, that's a human relations <laughs> HR again involved there, but he scored his first ever yeah. Premier League goal and you could just see all the United boys getting around and that was great to see. But, that, but that's it now. So Luke Shaw... See, this could be genius <laughs> for Mourinho. It could be. We yeah, don't yeah. know. No. We might get the best season out of Luke Shaw now. Yeah. And he's had all this criticism in the media, and Public, Mourinho said publicly. this, and Mourinho said that. People yeah. saying he's maybe had too trying many to pies. get a rea- maybe trying to get a reaction from the player, and managers do that. They well, play that, yeah. mind games, and it's how the players react. And some 
go on and do well and others fall to the wayside and Luke Shaw started well it's whether he can keep it going now which will be interesting to see well that ties in well to sort of the whole Pogba debate with Pogba wearing the armband and I guess I was so surprised because in the build up to the first game there was all the chat and all the reports of Pogba being unsettled going to Barca the rumours yeah yeah. but and then Pogba and then Mourinho coming out and talking about the leaders at the club and ratting off what six seven names (laughs) and then Pogba not being one of them and then he just goes and gives him the armband and almost like he just sends the media one way, yeah. diverts them away from whatever he wants them to, and then gives Pogba the armband, and then you know he's the star. Captivating content. Yeah. Nah. I totally agree, but I think that with Pogba there's a slight difference because he's lost he's lost the power that he has on Paul Pogba. I think Mourinho, whereas with Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw came with a big price tag, didn't do much. Everyone was saying he was overweight and wasn't fit enough, and you can't really argue with that if that's what the manager's saying. Paul Pogba, like I said, has just come off winning the champ- um, winning the World Cup. He's done all right in his first season at United. Uh, like I said, I don't think Mourinho can be coming out and saying these things about Paul yeah, Pogba because go. exactly. Well, that's the thing, and that's what I keep hearing. It's it's either going to be both of those play, both of those guys can't coexist at that club. One of them's got to go in the next year or so. So it's going to be interesting to see who. And I think it's going to be Mourinho leaving. Yeah. I we'll think see. so as well, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll leave Man U there. We'll go to Man City and Arsenal. This is the next biggest game. Um, I'll, quickly, you know what, I'll quickly sum up all the results. So we had United beat Leicester 2-1, Newcastle 1-2, Tottenham, or Tottenham beat Newcastle 2-1 away. Bournemouth beat Cardiff 2-0, Fulham lost at home to Palace 2-0. Uh, Palace look really good, don't they? Huddersfield lost to Chelsea at home, 3-0. So Chelsea, it's a good result for their start, considering all the, the unsettled nature of their build-up to the season. Watford beat Brighton, 2-0. Uh, Wolves and Everton had a fairly fiery 2-0 draw. Cracking game. Uh, Liverpool obviously beat West Ham, 4-0. Southampton and Burnley played out a drub. Nil-all uh, draw. And Arsenal lost to Man City at the Emirates, 2-0. And we'll stay there. City with Mares, as we predicted. Look... Tasty Bernardo Silva looking like the man at the moment with Kevin De Bruyne going down injured over the past couple of days. Big hit for fantasy players. Big hit for Man City, but they have the stocks to fill the void, don't they, Bryce? That's the thing. They've got players off the bench that can fill that. David Silva didn't even feature in that game, yeah? Yeah. So, and I think... I think the big one of the biggest things I grabbed from this game is Sterling's an absolute joke when he's at City. He's yeah, an crazy. absolute razzler. We said that. Yeah, and he's he was just amazing up and down that wing. Scored he, the first goal. He was just he was fantastic. He played on the left wing or he played out wide on the wing, and he just seems so much more comfortable. But yeah. of course, he's playing with much better players at Man City, and it's almost like he has the freedom to do what he wants in that final third. Under Guardiola. Yeah, and I saw a debate. There's, it's, there's a different pressure when he plays for England, England as opposed totally. to Man City. And Man City, he's, he's free to express himself and yeah. do whatever he wants, and he thrives in that. Yeah. And again, for me, Ozil went missing in a big game. Yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about Arsenal here. Arsenal sort of put out a team that not many people recognised. A few different... Oh, there goes my phone. I'm the Ooh, one that's saying... Ooh, silent. Um, Arsenal put out a pretty interesting team. Um, what did we make of their performance? Emery's first match it was a dis- difficult start of the season. Just quickly, Al, what do you think? Um, I think I felt Arsenal weren't as bad as what everyone made out. They tried obviously to play a style of football they weren't used to. Petacek, Petacek. Well, there you go. Here you go. I know <laughs> yeah. what you're gonna say. I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs> and Bryce is another, Bryce has just said about Meza Ozil. Meza Ozil is a scapegoat in the Premier League and you're only criticising him because everyone else criticises him. Not Ooh. true. It is. Not because true. he is a scapegoat. I agree he's a scapegoat. That's because not the reason he, I criticise him. Because he doesn't run around. Soft. Because he doesn't run around and put his body on the line like some of the other players you look at in the Premier League, he is 
soft, like you've just said. He can't pass a ball when he should be able to. He can't dribble and beat plays. He can't do this. He can't do that. There are 10 other Arsenal players in that team who didn't, who don't perform on a regular basis. And, and I, I think Meza Ozil is very hard done by because he's a very good player and he can do it, but there is a lot of weight on his shoulders in a bang average team. And do you understand why we do that? Because he's their star man. But one He man, should be delivering. But one man... That's why the microscope's on him. But one man can't pull you out the... No, I understand that, but he went missing in a big game when he should be standing up because he's their star player. Define going missing, though. Like, I'm, I'm just sort didn't of have playing an devil's advocate. Didn't yeah. have an impact. Too many balls into the box that went to no one, didn't hit targets, which is his specialty, is hitting mm. targets and creating and carving open defences. I agree, Al, that he is a common scapegoat for a lot of people, but then I can also count that with saying, I thought Shaka was horrible as well. Well, there you go. And Why he not touch on Shaka? He's another because one Ozil a people, Because Ozil's a more popular player and people like talking about the bigger names. Mm. You just ho- you just expect players like Ozil with the calibre that they so-called have yep. to, to perform. And I guess having Mikatarian, Ramsey and Ozil starting in that front three. They all didn't field. do much, did they? Mm. Didn't even know Mkhitaryan was on the pitch. Ramsey got dragged at around 60 minutes. You could see he was not happy with that. Mm. And then Shaka, I, what does he bring to this Arsenal squad, honestly? He was brought in for these huge, like his great range of passing and tackles. He got caught in the ball so many times Hasn't at CDM. He's passing shock. And mm. Arsenal Fan TV, which was an absolute blast. It was. We did, as we predicted. Did mention it, was it? Yeah, it, it was, was a, a blast. And everyone just... They've had a nap of Chaka. They oh, just really? don't know what he actually brings to the team anymore. Well, and, um, but what did you think of Guendouzi? I thought he was good. For, for a player who's come from the second division in France. First ever top and flight game at 19. 19. Yeah. And, and that's it. He was the only one out of the Arsenal midfield of Xhaka, Ozil, Ramsey and and himself, who, who actually looked positive, looked to get on the ball when Czech had it at his feet, um, you know, made runs forward, tried to play the ball forward. And, and look, that's that was the thing for me. Man City obviously play a style of football out from the back and, and they do it so fluently and mm. it, it looks a breeze a lot of the time. And look, sometimes they make mistakes, but the majority of the time they get it right. But they've been working on it for two years. You can see Arsenal, who tried to play a similar way, weren't quite used to it. Czech copped a lot of criticism after the game, like you were just going to say. That's why he was passing, yeah. But he, he made off, he made some. No, good no, he, did. no he, did, he did. As a goalkeeper, his saving was fantastic. Well, there you go. People, t- people need to remember that. And yep. it's like me when I play, I'm a defender first, and then okay. anything else I'd say is is a bonus. But like players now, people now are looking for ball playing centre halves and ball, ball playing, playing defenders. Goalkeepers. And but people need to remember the fundamentals of football and what players' roles actually are in the team and Czech did alright in, in goal I still think people appreciate that though like, yeah yeah I, lo- sure. I love seeing a defender like if you just smash it out if in doubt get it out sort of thing like that's what I love seeing in a in a player of course yeah but I'm just saying when you've got the likes like John Stones he's one of those players he's very mo- good very modern a very modern yeah, but, but you understand that there has to be that criticism now because on goalkeepers not sorry not a criticism but people looking at how the way they play out from the back and how good they are at their feet because that's what the modern goalkeeper is and you've got the Edisons you've got the Allisons now that can play so well out from the back it all started with Neuer didn't it it all starts with Neuer that kind of new generation and, and yeah. now, the, now the, there's a conversation now with Czech is that is it is it good enough just to be a shot stopper now like you have to be have that all roundedness as defenders now do like a Virgil van Dijk, like a John Stones, like you said, they have to be able to be good on the ball, comfortable, play out from the back, as well as defending. Yeah, well, look, we're going to be seeing Petr Cech keep the number one spot for us because Emery, the manager, has come out and backed Petr Cech to keep his starting role. 
against Chelsea, Ooh. praised the goalkeeper's performance against Man City despite his struggles to play the ball out of the back. Did you see on Twitter Peter Cech and Bayern Leverkusen? No. Bayern Leverkusen made a, like a little bit of a dig at Cech saying like about Bernd Leno because obviously Bernd Leno was bought from Bayern Leverkusen and brought to Arsenal in the summer and then being like he's showing him playing out from the back and being good with his feet. Cech came out and said just like a bit of re- in, in essence like show a bit of respect for oh, right. like we're both cl- we're both traditional respectful clubs so I thought that was an interesting dynamic then. subplot exactly a little subplot there from Leverkusen being a bit cheeky and I think Bernd Leno will be uh, licking his lips at the opportunity to finally get out there but it's obviously not going to happen no. just yet and All then, right. yeah the injury sorry we've got to touch on that poor injury to Ainsley Maitland-Niles I mean that was one of his one of his first starts for Arsenal and he's ended up fracturing his leg the poor guy so hope, hoping a speedy recovery for him of course alright look we'll leave the last weekend's matches there other notable ones like I said was 3-0 Huddersfield um, and 2-0 Crystal Palace uh, Ch- sorry Chelsea, Chelsea beat Huddersfield 3-0 Huddersfield. which is pretty good for their start considering their you know, pre-season yeah, we, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we were we knew how Chelsea were going to come out and bit of an unknown quantity yeah we, yeah. we weren't 100% sure how they go but they, they've obviously proven us wrong slightly and They've done well, come out firing. Jorginho goal on debut for him. What do you make of Palace winning 2 0 over Fulham? Looking good. I mean, they're obviously they're a small team, they'll be down there, but they look pretty nice. I reckon they can do a bit better this season. I mean, Zaha's signed on now until the end of the 2022 2023 season, which is huge for them. When they play, when he plays rather, they win. When they, when they don't have him there, they're a shambles, really. Yeah. And we saw that last season. So I think it's a massive boost for them this season. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're a, they're an, they've got an exciting squad. Um, Jeffrey Schluff, we've got on the uh, what a finish! You don't save goal. those, do you? No, great finish. Got on the score sheet. Um, yeah, I just I just think they've got an exciting team. Fast pace. Roy Hodgson's got them playing quick attacking, counter attacking football. Boy, right. boy. Well, okay, we'll stay on Palace and we'll go to next weekend. As I said, so the last match of the round is against Liverpool. Crystal Palace at home to Liverpool. I'm scared. Banana skin, potential banana skin, Monday night at Selhurst Park. Well, That's it's happened before, result. hasn't it? At yeah. Selhurst Park for Liverpool See, when this, they've, uh, this is they've the mucked it up. This is the test for Liverpool to beat these teams. They've got to get a point here, minimum. Or they've got to win, obviously. We have, got got win. We have recently, but it is it's a it is another... I think this is those that kind of game that people look to with Liverpool and say, this is why they don't win the Premier League. They may beat all the big teams, and I've seen that. And it's heartbreaking when they lose to teams in the lower lower side of the table, but... I think this is our first massive test of the season. People can go, oh, it's just Crystal... It's away from home, Crystal Palace, Monday night. That's a tough game, and I think it, it's very important. Last match of the round as well. So that's uh, yeah, one to watch because Liverpool have been shaky in the past. Um, first game of the round is Cardiff City at home, uh, at home to Newcastle United. How exciting. <sighs> Mate, you, how, how are you feeling about that game? You feel a bit more comfortable uh, than Spurs and then you got we'll Spur- Cardiff who are kind of a I mean, championship quality side, really. Yeah, well, Newcastle against Spurs. I mean, Tottenham, I mean, they didn't play out of their skin, but were just a better team the whole game. You guys, does, I reckon you guys are a bit hard done by not to get anything from that game. Yeah, but look, Newcastle just don't have that cutting edge at the moment. You're not oozing that confidence. Nah, they're just, they're just a very frustrating team to watch. and they just Kennedy had the most golden chance of the game, fluffed it, and they just they miss key key opportunities, and they just struggle in the final third, which has been a struggle for many years. Yeah, Kennedy, now, of course, one of the one thousand seven hundred and thirty-four Chelsea loners. Exactly. Yeah. Cardiff City home to Newcastle, Everton, Southampton, Leicester City, Wolves, Tottenham at home to Fulham, West Ham at home to Bournemouth, and Chelsea at home to Arsenal. That's all on Saturday. So that's tomorrow. Super Saturday. Chelsea Arsenal predictions, Alex. 
I think it'll be a draw. I think 2-2. Two, two. So you're expecting a free-flowing attacking game with I an am. early goal to open it all up. Yeah, I am. Does Ganduzi keep his spot? He should do. Yeah? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Shaka, Ramsey? Look, they're all good players and I think... If if they they can make it tick, I think it can work. I don't. I feel like I don't feel like I. Sorry, I feel like Emery has settled on this team. Um, throughout yeah, the whole preseason, mm. right? So I feel like he knows his squad or knows his team for the first few games at least. I can't see him making chopping and changing like, a ring too, of so. changes after one game. No, I'd expect yeah. to see them all fair enough play again. Obviously, um, Maitland Niles won't be there because he's injured, yeah. as you said, Bryce. But Chelsea Arsenal, the biggest one. Chelsea are going to beat us at home, surely. I, th- I think it's going to be 2-1 to Chelsea. But I just I do think he, he's under the cost two games in, isn't he? The poor guy, Emery. He has his first season in the Premier League at a new club. Is he and under he get, the cost? No, no, though? as in, in terms of not at all in the grandest scheme of things. But I think you've got City first up and then you've travelled away to Chelsea. That's a, that's a seriously tough start for him. And I can... You know, Arsenal fans aren't patient right now. They've had years of being in that kind of mid-table kind of limbo and they, they expect results. They want this brand new start. I can see the Emery out banners uh, coming out already if they lose this one. I mean, 0-2, and two, it's a tough start. That's it. I, I was listening to Gary Neville. He was talking after the Arsenal game and he said that Emery needs four um, transfer windows to complete his squad. That's a long time. That's two years. Mm. And the way it's been over the last four or five years, Arsenal fans aren't going to be happy with those kind of comments and they don't want to be waiting for another <laughs> no. two years for, for success. So there are, he is under a lot of pressure. But on the flip side, I, I kind of agree with um, with Gary Neville because it's very similar to the Man United scenario when Ferguson left. They've got to rebuild. Um, it does take time. They've still not worked it out entirely yet. Okay, all right. So you've recently had a new manager in Tony Popovich come in. And in terms of like, feeling like the team's playing the way that manager wants to play. And obviously Popovich has got a completely different set of um, tactics and whatnot that Kenny Lowe would have had. So how long do you feel it takes? Or how long has it taken? Or do you feel like the glory at the moment of playing the way that Popovich wants to play after however many months he's been in charge? And how long does it usually take? Yeah, well, look, I think if you look, if you look at our game so far this preseason, he's, you can see from the structure and the way we play, he's definitely implemented things that um, that have definitely helped and improved the squad um, tactically and obviously with the personnel he's brought in as well um, behind the scenes you know and in the, in the squad as well so I, I can't put a number on how long it takes I'm not a manager I don't know how long it should or you know but you've had managers you've been around football clubs long enough now to have changed of managers or how many times have you been in a club where managers change hands oh yeah it's happened a few times, yeah. But like, what's what's it like? Like, I mean, I'm just trying to get a gauge for the listeners. Like, how long do you feel comfortable in the new system? Or does it is change it, change every time? Is it subjective in that in that regard? You, you'll only know by when you get playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And whether the results come in or not, and then you know whether it's working. And look, we're one game into the Premier League season. We've not even started the A League season, so like, it's hard to so measure. Too early. It's just yeah, so, it is. It's yeah, so cutthroat, as you as you and said. And that's before. it. There's just a lot of pressure. Yeah. Especially um, on Arsenal. Yes, definitely. All right, let's go to... We'll go to Man U's match against Brighton uh, away on Sunday. Is this a banana peel, you reckon? or? Well, I, I think they won convincingly there, if I'm not mistaken, last season. Um, but I just feel that this is like like Arsenal. 
Sorry, did we just talk about then? Was it Chelsea? Chelsea. Or? <laughs> was it was it was Arsenal. It was Arsenal. You're sorry, on the right Liverpool. track. No, Liverpool, sorry. Like we spoke about Liverpool, if Man United want to be up there this season again, these are the games. And it is like the small clubs are there to cause up upsets at the end of the day. That's their mentality. They know that coming up against the big clubs, they're playing the best players in the league um, yeah. with the biggest budgets and you know with facilities and all sorts in abundance. So it's... The odds are stacked against them, and they're there to cause an upset. And and Brighton will will thrive off that. And they've obviously, like we said, they built well in the off season. They've um, you know, they've brought in good players. And Man United under all this controversy with Mourinho and Pogba, it's a perfect time probably to play them. Yeah, they just come. I mean, Brighton were quite unimpressive against Watford last week. Pereira running the mark and grabbing the double there. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. To see. I mean, Brighton will have to hit back first game in front of the home fans. You'll think they and against United they'll be definitely be up for it so it's going to be interesting to see how United approach it what happens if man you lose hysteria is that directed at me <laughs> the hysteria, the hysteria you gave me the take eyes. it and I run did. with it yeah. the hysteria around these teams are only going to explode big time lose. there's such a microscope on them and it's obvious for obvious reasons but then Mourinho kind of adds to that Yeah, it's even further under the microscope so I think We'll yeah, have, we'll have to wait and see. All right, West Ham are at home to Bournemouth. West Ham obviously got thrashed last week. Spent a lot of money. Pellegrino is in charge. Second game in charge. Have to win this one, don't they? I can see Bournemouth winning this. Honestly, I think West Ham looked very poor, and I think especially at the back they looked quite poor. Um, and I and I just think that um, look, I think Bournemouth have got a bit of pace. I mean, Callum Wilson got off to a nice start, and they beat Cardiff two 0 I mean, Cardiff aren't obviously the strongest team in the Premier League, and we've or tip them to kind of go down but I can see Bournemouth getting a result here I'm tipping a one all I'd say okay interesting yeah. oh you said Felipe Anderson was the only off there you said that Felipe Anderson was the only good signing from all their flurry of signings or only player only new signing that played well on the weekend yeah he looked a bright spark I think um, when he got on the ball he looked positive um, try to go forward and, and, and get West Ham out out of that deep position where they seem penned in a lot of the game um, I thought Jack Wilshere, he he tried his best as well. Played his socks off, didn't he? He did, and he's he's got a lot of crawling, clawing back to do. Um, obviously, after his disappointing um, last few years at Arsenal with injuries and all sorts. I know he went to Bournemouth on loan and did all right there, but he really needs to um, to hit the ground running this season. And Reintroduce really, himself, yeah, make, really. Make yeah, making a name for himself, because he, he is a good player. Yeah. Um, and he's proven that in the past, and he's he's still only young. Um, I think he's 26, is he, or 25, yeah, 26? Yeah. So he's, he's yeah. still got a long career ahead of him. If well, he, he started can, at 17, didn't he? Well, that's yeah, it. If he can keep it going. He's been on the scene for a long time. Yeah, I, I, look, I think he's a handy pickup for West Ham. It's just whether they can all work together. I just feel like at the moment, maybe they've got, like we're talking about Jack Wilshire and uh, Anderson and Arnautovic, we touched on him last week, and I just feel like they're all individuals at the moment and they're not really playing as a team and yeah. Pellegrini's got a job on his hands to bring that he squad does. together a lot of great individuals even their bench was quite strong but I just feel he, his biggest job now is getting that chemistry bringing up. in like bringing in that many players for that yeah. much money yeah. like puts you under so much pressure big time especially with a big time manager yeah. so it'll make or break obviously good to see Pellegrini though looking like he's passed away 30 years ago he, he still looks like a zombie <laughs> bless him I think he's a great manager but yeah. he looks yeah. yeah he doesn't have much uh, emotion on the touchline does he <laughs> no bless uh, him Tottenham at home to Fulham we expect Tottenham to get the W there don't we 
Harry Kane didn't get that August goal. Two more games in August. Is this hoodoo going to continue? Is this thing a hoodoo? What is this? What's He's got to score. He's got to score, doesn't he? All right. I was, so obviously, I watched the Newcastle-Tottenham game yep. last week. Harry Kane, similarly Man. to his World Cup form in-game, obviously, he won the golden boot. But like, Aside in, from those moments of magic, in you game, think he kind of drifted of, out yeah, completely. Drift, drifts in and out of the game. was coming deep again. It sort of looks a bit slow and looks a bit lumbering. Do so you reckon know. he's off the pace? Yeah, I mean, coming back late from that I, tournament. My dad and I thought it. Well, he just he didn't doesn't seem that sharp. He had one chance where he could have got a shot off away much earlier than it did in the box. Yeah. Maybe we're being harsh, but... I think right. he'll score. And I think another positive sign for Spurs was Deli Alley getting on the score sheet. You know, he had a, quite a you know quite an average season yeah. uh, last season for Tottenham. And then he keeps floating. It happened in the World Cup. Floats in at the back post, but getting some headers. That was good to see. Deli Alley played, I thought, the best for Tottenham in yeah. the Newcastle game. Again... Doesn't have the most skill. He can't do a bunch of stepovers and beat a player with skill at his feet, but he's very clever and he's always in the right spots for crosses. Good and celebrations drifts, as drifts well. in and somehow impacts the game yeah. in a way that not many players can, I think. And as Bryce touched on, sent the twist fit into a frenzy. Yes, let's give a bit of context Boy, he's here. gone so viral. If, uh, if you haven't seen the latest craze that's hitting Twitter, Deli Ali has this new celebration where he's sort of it's the okay sign. It's the okay sign. That's what it is. It's the okay sign. But what he's doing is he's inverting it, um, and sort of putting. You need to if go on Twitter, <laughs> go on the internet, and look it up because it's so hard to explain. But he's doing the okay sign and inverting it and putting it over his eye, and everyone's trying it. So if you haven't tried it, give it a go. It is quite challenging. But like they say, did tiny you, things amuse tiny minds. Did you? <laughs> did you? And it's definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, we're definitely amused by this. Spent all night. Yeah. Spent all night trying to perfect it yeah. just to show you boys. Did you? Uh, did you get it first time? God, no. It, it took me a, a couple of attempts, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't figure out how to do it until today. So it was, you know, I've been thinking about, it, thinking about it for a little while. All right, look. <laughs> Still doing it now. Let's leave it there. Man City at home to Huddersfield, 8.30 p.m. on Sunday night. Oh, uh, think Huddersfield can get something out of that That's going to be a bloodbath. Do you think? I think well, it's going to be 5-0. Huddersfield kept um, Man City scoreless at in the same reverse fixture last season, so and lost at home. Who's yeah. to say they won't do it again? Because they lost to Chelsea three 0 in the previous They've week got to at bounce home. Back. They've got to bounce back, mate. Mm. There will be a re- reaction from Huddersfield, and if they are solid and well structured, like they usually are, go and tip a result, Huddersfield. You're going to tip a result. <laughs> be bold. Go on. I won't think. I don't think it'll be a bloodbath. I do think Man City will win. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be a bloodbath. I Score. Think Two nil, two nil. All right, five nil for me. Look, five yeah. nil for mine. Yeah, three nil. I reckon City to City to win that one. Bernardo Silva's the man at the moment. So is he? Nah, maybe there's just a bit of hype around. Is him. it just because he's in your fantasy team that yeah. you're bigging him up? Oh, so. yeah, all right. Oh, he's a classy player. I, I just want to have a go at Stu because he thought he had a bigger impact than I thought. But it looks like <laughs> it looks like Guardiola trusts him yeah. a lot more this season than he maybe did last year. Oh, interestingly, yeah, though, you say that he played more games than. And is this what you're going to say? No, really? I'm still impressed with like, <laughs> oh, yes. no. Really? Yes, he did. He played more games than any other Man City played last season. Yeah. I think it was, was it 43 or something like that? Something along those lines. Yeah. You, I mean, you know the story, obviously. You're yeah, of course. Me, I so. knew you were going to yeah. say that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to steal also, this thunder. Oh, do you know what I'm going to say now? <laughs> Who else was on, Was there someone on the bench that we want to talk about? Leroy Sane. Yes. Didn't make, didn't make the World Cup squad for Germany. There's really no point for him to not be starting. I know a lot of people would have had them in their fantasy teams are a bit, you know, a bit miffed at old Pep. But him on the bench, what do you, what do you think that means for Manchester City and him? I was surprised to see it. Yeah, um, big time. He's obviously fresh as a daisy. But Sterling clearly is his preferred 
wing Goal two. Or Mares on that other side. Mm. He was he was good, but he does. I what I liked about City last year and how they what worked so well for them is how rapid they were. Down. Sterling and Sane down the wings. You're not going to get far faster yeah. duo in the Premier League. Mares, as much as his skills are fantastic, he's crossing everything. I think he slows down their attack slightly, mm. takes more touches, looks for a big diagonal pass, whereas Sane and Sterling are a bit more direct. direct. So it does add a different dimension to them. And now on one side, they've got that. One person who's going to take the touches, take people on, get crosses in and be a bit more tricky, whereas Sterling's very direct. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that pans well, I out. Don't, I don't know if you noticed, but actually on the right-hand side, Cal Walker, who was playing right back, stayed quite deep and didn't get forward a lot. Yeah, deep, Whereas yeah. on the left-hand side, Mendy was bombing on the inside a lot. Past yeah. Sterling, and it was it was really f- like it was odd. I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't really work it out as to It'd be like tough. what kind of style they were playing. Because yeah. Walker, who's renowned for his pace and and, so- think, and holes in his socks. Well, that's yeah. You, <laughs> you'd think he'd be bombing on and getting around Mares and you know linking up with him, but he didn't really do that. So, do you think that's a message then from Pep and a tactic going? Look, on one side, we've got our fullbacks bombing on and overloading that left-hand side, but on the right-hand side, look, Kyle Walker's going to stay deep in defence. So, well, I mean, it, yeah. how do you, as a, as a coach, that'd be very difficult to deal with. Mm. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, Pep might be a good coach. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> Knows what he's doing, I reckon. <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. We're going to go into a bit of uh, interesting news to hit the press over the past few days, and we're going to go to you, Alex, here, because you've got something on Premier League's profit not uh, not relating to fans attending the matches, do you not? I do. Yeah, so basically I read an article um, last week that BBC Sport published um, that 10 Premier League clubs um, last season would still have made a profit if they'd played in front of no fans, so if no fans had attended their home fixtures. Which, thanks to the which seems insane. It is, it's madness. Um, but it's all thanks to the TV deal they signed at the start of the 2016-17 season, um, where the Premier League clubs raked in £8.3 billion, which is just... It's crazy when you put it into perspective i think i can't even i can't remember what our a league tv deal with was but i think it was maybe only a couple hundred million or something like that just a, just a cool couple hundred but when you compare it to oh, no, three billion, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's nothing <laughs> it's an interesting little paradox that like without the fans you know a football club but i mean they're still making dollars 350 million australian was is that it? is that what it was yeah. yeah and just to put it into context like west brom um stewie stats they would have made a profit of £33 million if they'd played every game in front of no fans in an empty stadium. <laughs> um, 4.9% of their turnover comes from ticket sales. There you go. Um, a couple of other notable ones were Burnley would have made 21.5 mil. Tottenham would have made 21 mil. Um, Crystal Palace, 16.6. So not the bigger clubs because obviously they've got um, huge wage bills, bills yep. they've got to yeah. cover so and taxes yeah, but and the, le- the lesser teams can still make profits in the Prem due to the amount of money they get from TV so it's a lesson here you know let's not make too many moves in the Premier League let's be above the relegation zone and just you know comfortably exist in the Premier League and get that get that cash potentially but it's like it's I don't know, the, the business people involved in these clubs would be factoring all this sort of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah and, th- and that's one thing I found funny from it like on one level like you don't need the fans because they get so much money from the TV <laughs> deals. But then, on the other hand, they need the fans to keep that you know alive. keep the attractive product of yep. the Premier League. So that there know. is a big fee for the TV deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. So I thought it was an interesting read. Very interesting. Thank you for bringing that. In other interesting news, uh, we won't get into the details of this story. So, but prominent referee Bobby Madley has quit his post as a Premier League ref. 
Um, yeah, it's been a big thing over over the internet. There's a lot of rumours to what it might be about. Raucous rumours. Look it, look it up on Twitter. And, look it uh, up on Twitter. Make, up, make up your own mind. Yeah. But uh, the professional, no professional game <laughs> match officials limited said Belby Madley is no longer employed by the PGMOL. We understand that he's decided to relocate due to a change in his personal circumstances. So for those who know the referees, you won't be seeing Bobby Madley uh, refereeing any more matches. Thickest snack in the Premier League. Yeah. Bobby Madley. It'll be missed. Yes, and he has a brother. I forget his first name, but the Madley brothers, they're both refs in England. So maybe you'll see his brother, but not him. Um, all right, let's finish up with your favourite moment of the weekend. And how did, we, how did we rate overall? How did we rate the return of the Premier League? Personally, for, as a Liverpool fan, I absolutely loved it. I think... Um, from a Liverpool perspective, or are you thinking from the league perspective? I'm going to go Liverpool first, and I'll go from a league perspective. But um, as a whole, I think it was only disappointment was there wasn't really any upsets. The big dogs won. I think Stock it was kind of business as, business as usual, picking up where we left off. It was quite predictable. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that surprised me really was how easily Chelsea did I mean I know we have tipped Huddersfield as some of us have to, to go down but I thought Chelsea were going to be a bit more disjointed and scrap a 1-0 win or something oh, they like played that well. but it was yeah it was pretty pretty sort of but just the hype and everything around it I'm just I really enjoyed what every game that I watched was very enjoyable definitely doesn't feel like it's been away does it oh no because we've had the World Cup on I mean it never does because it's such a short off season what a but time to be alive what do you think Al how do you, how do you rate it yeah it lived up to the hype didn't it I loved it football's back it's great Um, I can now comfortably sit on my couch on a Saturday night and watch a few games yeah exactly it's and uh, yeah it's great I good reason to stay doing. in it is what was yeah. your favourite moment did I say I had one before I don't think I really had a favourite moment I'm glad United won obviously um, and De Bruyne is injured no, I'm joking daggers across gives us half a chance <laughs> favourite moment for us uh, I'm gonna I know that with we won 4-0 and I should be talking about the goals and performances but <laughs> as I said I think it's the hands mole man uh, football to the crutch with Noble and Wilshire in quick succession that was painfully hilarious and enjoyed it very much so yes. what lads. was yours Stu? my favourite moment would have to be and I didn't agree with this decision but Rafa Benitez subbing Matt Ritchie and if you've seen it on Twitter and you're privy to all <laughs> the internet happenings after a weekend of action Matt Ritchie had quite a funny dummy spit didn't he? Gordon Ramsay Gordon Ramsay they're calling him Gordon Ramsay but Benitez shouldn't have subbed him because he provided the assist for the first to Hosolu's goal, the equaliser, and he brings on Christian Atsu. And for those that go for Newcastle or know the team well, Atsu, in my opinion, isn't of the same calibre. It's Hell's Kitchen at, oh, on Tyneside, mate. What's going on? Don't know, but anyway, Pans Matt, Matt Ritchie had an old time. You're an idiot, sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Ritchie had an old time dummy spit <laughs> that, um, yeah, it's worth looking at if you haven't seen yeah, it. A good dubbing of Gordon Ramsay over the top. It's brilliant. Yes. All right, that's episode two of the Shooting Czars. Premier League podcast. Follow us on Twitter, please. Subscribe to us on iTunes if you can as well. You got a week off now, don't you? I've got a few days off. Yeah, can't so. wait to see your research next week. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> Just, uh, that, you're gonna need a new notebook now. The notebook was here tonight. Um, there was a few notes in there. KDB was the the big one. Yeah, that was in about yeah size 100 font. Loved yep. it. You're gonna, you're gonna be known at Office Works, picking up stationery, getting highlighters. <laughs> Look, I was be I was busy in Malaysia, so none of that got written down, but. Yeah, this week I've got plenty of time to uh, to jot the notes down. Can't wait for Monday. Yes, yes. We'll be back on Monday to pra- review all the action. We're going to do it quick smart after this weekend of, of footy. But uh, we'll be watching it. Good but uh, thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Al. I'm Stuart Marshall. That has been episode two 
of our second season of the Shooting Zars Premier League podcast. Here comes Alan Shearer. It's Shearer for Newcastle. The way he brought that down was 